boys we are back for another week of svs fly fishing podcasting what is going on my good friend this evening does he say murderer i don't know what he says this song was on a movie that i watched with my son today called rumble and uh i i had the hardest time figuring this how to look this song up because i had no idea what in the hell he was saying at all throughout the entire song i, <laughs> I, I, I always thought he said word him up but it sounds like he says murderer we now that I just started listening to that. Here comes the hot stepper. Yeah. Oh, I knew the song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hot didn't, stepper. Yeah. I, I had no idea what you were saying. Right here. It's murderer. I thought it was word him up when I was a kid for years and years. Huh? I, like I said, I didn't. Mind blown. I didn't know who even sang the song. Hey, we started just a hair early, Mark. <laughs> so what the hell is going on? <laughs> Were you calling a guest earlier? Yeah, we're going to call uh, Pogo here at 6 and then uh, call J.R. Tracy at 6.30. So I figured get a couple minutes in, get some plugs in, and then uh, that way we're not rushing at the very end. Cool. Did you go fishing today? Mm, no, the last few days. Not today. Good deal, man. Freaking weather today. Yeah. Yeah. A little no. crazy. Yeah. No, I don't want to be out in torrential downpours and 40 mile an hour wind. It was yeah. a good day to sleep in. Yeah. Yep. Nice and dark this morning. No. Good sleeping. Good it sleeping was. weather. Yeah. Decent yesterday. All right, yesterday. Saw a couple fish. Had one in the eight. Oh, nice. Almost there. They're moving in. They're there. Find out tomorrow morning. This week they're going to be, it's going to be crapshoot for probably two weeks. It's going to turn on. What, on, on lakes for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah, I've been there like five of the last seven days kind of watching it progress, and now it's like it went from Dead Sea, nothing, to a little bit, to people everywhere, fish everywhere. and The people everywhere is a good indicator, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that the fish are everywhere, but the, nobody's still getting fish, and a lot of the same. I mean, fish porpoising and, you know, kind of people spotting them, but... Still not much being caught. A couple, couple, couple on bait. Uh, There's one caught casting that I heard, but other than that, it's been pretty quiet. So it's just a matter of time now before they they light up. Lots of people out crappie fishing and stuff? Uh, More, not there as many, no. Okay. More there, just pretty much musky water. Yeah, I guess you, you know what. Now that I should, yeah, I should Bunch say people that. Probably eye fishing. Yeah, there's a decent bit of eye fishing. Um, but yeah, there was a handful of guys up in trees. But none of them even getting fish. 
Really? No, not at all. I talked to a handful, you know, I mean, moving in and out of areas, you're going past and people are waving stuff, you're talking. They were having real slow days on the panfish side. Hmm. What What is the water temperatures you're, see, you're seeing? Now it is about 53, 4 is where it's kind of residing at. It's peaking up in the bays like 57, 8 during the end of the day and then kind of back in the mornings getting to like 51, 2 and kind of middling out 53, 4. So it's kind of looking like the weather's going to hold at 60s next few days, so we should have that coming. Yeah, that'll be perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Spring is right here, brother. We're like on the precipice of it. Mm-hmm. I can feel everything. We uh we went out mor- or ramp hunting yesterday. We uh my wife and I, <clears throat> we ended up getting a whole five gallon bucket full of ramps. Nice. Yeah. So I've been processing ramps all day today. We made what ramp butter. Nice. Ramp pesto, ramp <laughs> soup, <laughs> pickled ramps. So <laughs> I found like a found like or sound like Bubba Gump. Anybody get out today? No, but we uh, I don't think we've done our plugs yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> oh, we were that. I was like that. <laughs> no, you were yeah, you were that early. You were oh, on the okay. I thought song. you'd already like got through no, that. No, no, no. Like, no, we were just. I, I like I saw it was recording, but I couldn't tell for how long. Obviously, <laughs> no. Uh, tonight's show is being brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at predatorflygear.com. dot hey, Rex Hooks, fresher saltwater. Find me at rexhooks.com. Sims Fishing, simsfishing.com. Tonight's show is being reco- recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. Hey, if you're looking to do a little investment, check out Michael down at Earth Wealth Management. Queen City Guiding, queencityguiding.com. Yeah, Ryan's back in the shop now. So, all righty, guys. Yeti, built for the wild. Congratulations to uh, uh, our sitting guest uh, host now and again, uh, Dr. Adam. Um, him and my sister, they just had a baby. Oh, did they? Uh, what, two days ago now? Yeah, two yeah, days ago. Friday or night. Yeah, Friday night, yeah. So. Boy. Girl. So they got two boys and a girl, yeah. And he was at baseball yesterday. Yeah, he drove all the way back and then drove from Pittsburgh and then drove back down to Pittsburgh to my sister. So. Yeah. Did he bring her home? Yeah, they came home. Yep. Last night. Good deal. Yep. All safe and sound at home. At home. I haven't we haven't been over there yet. We'll let them get all settled in and go visit soon. Can't be any more crazy when we're there. You know, they have two boys, so you know. They'll be on it. Yeah. Just what just what you want. Another little kid running around the house. Right? Oh, you know me. I'm I'm the fun police. We were talking about you yesterday at baseball. We were like, Jay would be yelling at every one of these kids <laughs> to quit running around. And screaming at each other. <laughs> you quit acting like kids, goddammit. <laughs> Can't take this shit. Oh, kids being kids, man. We had baseball. We've had baseball every night this week. We had until freaking 8 o'clock on Friday night. <laughs> but I think I was in Little League. <laughs> uh, so we went, on a, we went on a family float. Last weekend on the trout stream, um, Saturday my daughter wasn't feeling. She wasn't. She seemed like she was doing all right. She went to a birthday party with a bunch of other kids. She did, wasn't doing too too bad. And then Sunday, woke up. She woke up a little slow. She said she didn't really feel that great. She's like, we're like, can you go? F- on, you know, you want to go fishing or not? And she's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Um, excuse me. Oh, we get up. You know, so we can get her going, and we get going. We get up there, and. uh Get to put in. She's like, oh, I don't really want to fish. She and she ends up falling asleep in the front of the raft for like the first two hours, man, and just hanging. And me and my me and my wife are we were just 
you know, kicking the living shit out of the fish. I mean, it's just a, you know, slaughter fest. You know, we're stopping, pulling off our kids down, they're dying. You know, and we we don't we weren't we didn't think she was that bad. She didn't seem that bad. She didn't say she was that bad. We didn't think anything of it. You know, we keep floating through, and she eats some lunch, feels a little bit better, kind of chilling out. You know, take her waders off. Her shoes at a million degrees. It was the warmest day we'd had that of the year yet. I mean, it was warm that day. It was like eighty some degrees. Beautiful day to be out on the water. Saw a million birds of all sorts, eagles everywhere. It was fun float. Caught a bunch on all all kinds of flies, spinners, streamers, nymphs, you name it. They were hitting everything. I we ended up getting three brook trout. It was pretty nice. It, see, uh, one was real small. Couldn't have been much bigger than this fly. It's probably six, seven inches, maybe five stocked. inches. Oh, it was a stocked <laughs> five incher. Yeah, it was sweet looking. It was like that one you caught the one. The real flat top of his body and like had a real hook bottom jaw. Uh, it was pretty fish. Didn't they put him in a special it. tank to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, they put him in a special <laughs> tank. But no, it has a flat top on it, so they can't they can't yeah. hit the top. So it just listens they... to kid and play all the time. <laughs> 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 but uh, we end up we end up you know going down through getting home. I got a lot of fish right where we. Uh, you know, we grew up fishing mm-hmm. right there. Oh, I kicked the crap out of them there. It was well, so much fun. That was a great hole. Oh, it's a great hole. Still looks perfect. Roll bunch of oh, a whole bunch of down trees right above that. I end up having to rip half a beaver dam apart by myself while my wife was holding the raft in like waist high water. It was nuts. The guy came out and he uh, actually told us uh, that there, the trees were down and everything. So that was really nice. Get the hell out of here, hippie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was really nice of him to actually come and say, hey, yeah. down trees down here. You know, be careful about when portage around or do what you got to do. And so that was good heads up. Right above that, I saw a, a palomino. I tried smacking it on the head a bunch of times. Only got the chase one time. Right with it, though, I saw one of the biggest stock trout I've ever seen ever, Chad. It looked like a fucking steelhead. That's what you were telling me on the phone. Oh, <laughs> man, I couldn't believe it. I, I And I had I had all the intention in the world of going out there and trying to find it yesterday just to, just just for the, I don't know, simple fact that it was giant. It's like looked like it was 30 inches in the water. It probably wasn't, but it was big. You're like Larry Dahlberg. The hunt for big stocked fish. <laughs> yeah, big stock trout. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't a wild brown when the way it, where it was sitting and everything. It just, you know, one of those fish. But I, I you know, I would love to. I would love to hold it up. I'd like to see it. <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't want to see it. You just want to so, feel the weight in your hands. Yeah, I just want to see it. You know, I don't want to see. It. I'll put it back. I don't care a shit. I don't even need a picture. I just want to see that fucker. Oh, think of all the mushy fish tacos you can make out of that thing. Oh, we <laughs> should. We're just gonna, yeah, we're gonna come back and make a, a mushy fish dip. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we got we ended up getting home. I went and got sandwiches, you know, at the good sandwich place, and went home. My daughter ended up having like a hundred and three degree temperature, hundred and three and a half or something, one three point six, and then it was one hundred and four that e- that night, and one hundred and four point five that night. My wife was fucking freaking out but she we broke fever she's fine she had influenza a so my daughter went on the flu float ah. and you know <laughs> she she roughed it out for a good six hours on the float though you know didn't fish not one second but poor kid yeah she toughed it out yeah i felt bad we still feel bad <laughs> <laughs> but i had a lot of fun i mentioned to her while we were at the house and my wife was gonna almost throw a pan at me i said 
you don't want to ruin, you know, the day that daddy's been looking forward to all week, do you? You <laughs> my, wife, my wife almost threw, like, whatever. She, I forget what she had in her hand, but it wasn't small. I bought caught one in the head. She's don't you say that. I will kill you. She's like her Amber Heard getting ready to throw a bottle of wine at you. <laughs> oh, she did. She, she wanted to kill me. If you just, oh, if she could have killed me with the look in her eyes. Oh, I would have been dead. Dead, dead. Oh, it was great. Oh, I'm such a dick, Dad. Oh, sheesh. <laughs> I told her I was joking, and I told her she didn't have to go if she didn't want to. But it would really disappoint Daddy if she yeah. didn't. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So I, I went to Florida last week, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that with Pogo for a little bit. But uh, the day that we left, we didn't leave till 6. So I woke up early. I was like, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. So... Dog and I went down under the viaduct in West Millsex. We walked up to Wheat, uh, up to the old train bridge in Wheatland, mm-hmm. and back. We got home. I pulled seventeen ticks off of him. Ooh. Excuse me. That's a pretty it, good hike. It, it's a mile point six each direction, so it wasn't. Yeah, three miles. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it, it was good. It got him the last bit of exercise he got until we got back. So yeah, uh, did you take him to where we've been taking the dogs up there, in Mercer? Did you kennel them up there? Oh, not this time. Okay. Uh, we took or we left them at home, and Pam came out and stayed. Oh, cool, cool. Because we would we'd have to have kenneled our son as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think they charge more for people. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. I think they do at the kennel. Yeah. They still let him out in the big fence and they let him run around. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get his exercise. You just leave ramen with him. <laughs> case for fifty pound ba- uh, box of ramen. It, it's classified as dry it's food. Like, this is going through a couple of days. <laughs> but but I, I ended up ditching the dog at home after I uh, after we picked all the ticks off of him, and I went and see if uh, some friends were around. And they yeah, were. Our friend was mad you didn't call him. I'm sure he was. I was at work, so you couldn't call me. I had, you know, I had an hour. And Why I wasn't he already there? What else was he doing? I don't know. You know, he, he what, what the fuck? every time, and it's like you're sitting at home. You can go. Oh, you're telling me. Stopping you. You're telling me. Well, I don't want to go down there by myself. Why not? Oh, I love going there by myself. I love it. <laughs> I will. In and out real quick. Oh, it's been the last couple of days. Well, I, I met Don met me the other day, but uh, I've been just getting there like 5.30, well before light. Nobody launched, nobody there, nothing. It's just nice, easy in, scoot. Hmm. But So they were they were there. I ended up uh, feeling two hits and landing two fish. So not not a bad ratio. Standard size ones? Uh, yeah, probably five and a half or six pounders. Nice. All on little flies. Those little ones I was tying at uh, tying night, the all pearl minnow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I ended up taking those down and catching snook on them down south. So how was the fishing down there? It was tough. Pre- yes. Or tough to was it tough? Uh, let me ask you this, because like I saw like what you had sent. Was it tough fishing? or Was it tough to put a hook in the fish? It was definitely tougher to put a hook in the fish. But the we were there for four days. The first three days were twenty mile an hour winds. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Why nothing at light time was you know. Well, we we only went out fishing one time in daylight. Oh, you just everything else at night. Yeah, we okay. went out to the Gulf and found a flat, and we were pulling around. Didn't see shit. We saw some rays, and then we saw we saw some rays. Then we saw some bait crashing, 
like, all right. And we got up on the on the flat, and Pogo's like, oh, I'm hungry, man, because he was pulling in this 20-mile-an-hour wind. So he sat down to eat an egg sandwich. And I was standing up on the, the pole or on the casting platform. I was like, there's three right there, three right there. So I cast at them. They, they're coming right at me. They're probably 80-pound fish coming right at me. They want nothing to do with my fly. I was like, oh, all right. What? Yeah, they, they were scooting. Yeah. So not like spooked scooting, like mm-hmm. just moving. On like, a mission. Yeah, like moving. And then they went over some grass, like a darker area, and I couldn't see them anymore. I was looking. I was looking. I was like, hey, there's three manatees right there. My wife was out in the boat. And she's like, oh, they're so cute, so cute. Look, there's a baby manatee. And I was like, oh, all right, baby manatee. Uh, fuck them manatees. I want to see more tarpon. <laughs> so, so I didn't really check them out too much. And then we were, we ended up like Chad was sulking his tarpon. We were in, we ended up dr- drifting down that flat a little bit, and uh, we saw another giant manatee, and it kind of floated right under the boat because we were in like four foot of water, I think. So it was like right beside the boat. It was pretty cool. You didn't have the pound test line for one of those for a manatee. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, I could have. I could have definitely reeled in a manatee. You should have tried. <laughs> Flossed him like as a salmon. <laughs> I should have put a yeah. bead on. <laughs> You're an awful big king salmon. But let's go. And then, uh, you I didn't saw, take a lettuce fly with you. I did not take yeah. any lettuce flies. I had cabbage, but no lettuce. <laughs> oh no, yeah, oh, cabbage flies, <laughs> lettuce, whatever. Yeah. Um, I ended up seeing a sea turtle. It shot out from under the boat. Oh, cool. Those fucking things move. Hmm. I'll tell you what, man, that thing scooted across. Not like a tortoise, huh? No, absolutely not. Like his not. Cousin. And then uh, we saw another string of five tarpon, <clears throat> and they were, they were in and out, but they didn't want anything to do with my fly either. Um, Pogo did send me a text message with his boat under a rainbow today and said, I have a great story hmm. <laughs> about today. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe something went down. But we, were, we ended up mainly doing dock light fishing. So we would just motor around canals. And every house there had like a dock with a lift, and then they had these green dock lights underneath. So when the boats come in at night, they knew where their lift was, and they could. But those dock lights also brought bait fish in, which brought in bigger fish. So the first night we were we were casting every snook we saw. We loved it, man. Every snook we saw, and then after that we were like, all right, we've we've got our fill of snook. Let's uh, let's wait. In like dock light hop and see if we can see some tarpon, and they were around, man. the The first one that I had to eat a fly, it was like I said, it was fully dark. You cast your fly past the light and bring it through the light. I was like, okay, I strip, 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 strip. Came my fly came through the light. I saw fish flashing, and I was like, all right, I, I think I need to make another cast. So I lifted my rod up, and a fish came and ate my fly. Like. And my row went whoop down and then straight back up. I was like, oh, that's that was tarpon number one. <laughs> so you trout set the tarpon. Yes. It, not on purpose. <laughs> Cause I was like I said, I was lifting my rod to make another cast. And sure. then, then uh You don't figure eight for tarpon or were you were you casting or were you pulling your fly up from pretty far out? I was pulling It wasn't like boat side or anything. Once again, it was dark, so I, sure. I didn't know how far away my fly was from the boat. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I've said before, I don't really night fish. I, I'm not good at it, don't like it. 
but this was fun because it was still sight fishing, basically. And uh, and your cast gets honed in pretty good at night once you get the hang of it. You just go off of the feel of the rod. Yeah. And you just know right, boom, just that load point and just let it go. I'll tell you what, the second night, I extended my leader by a foot and a half. Mm, made a little difference. Oh, my God. I, I was about to cry. It was so, <laughs> so much harder. But the third night... He's got to add more speed if you do that. You mean cry? Yeah. If I cry. <laughs> yeah. But the third night, we got there a little bit earlier, and I was honed. I get my, my cast honed in in the daylight still. Nice. Yeah. And then that night, it was kind of on point. Oh, man. Ooh, those ramps are coming back up. <laughs> They're kind of burning. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it was a, an all-around hoot. Um, like I said, I'm like I, I'm like I get too much into it without Steve because we're calling him in five minutes. So, um, do we have anything else we want to hit on, guys? I went to the spot because you went to the spot. Yeah. Later on, Friday. I yeah, w- man. My dad got one that was. Uh, he said th- he said it was a pygmy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, but it it was definitely a hybrid though. Yeah. I mean, there's no way it w- it couldn't have been a white bass because it just didn't look like a white bass. <laughs> it looked like a hybrid. <laughs> They're like you know a little longer. Yeah, more you know had the broke up lines, and everything. It looked good. Good did, thing to see him in there. Did you? Uh, you should have took a picture inside of its mouth to count the pores. I thought about it, but I just, I wasn't you know I'm not that worried about it. Yeah, Pat can tell me it was fake later, <laughs> <laughs> and he will. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I tried walking across the top. Uh huh. At like at at nine something, yeah. yeah, that was nice. Woo! I could get out there a little ways, man, and I'm like, you know, it just you can just make one little in my you know 145 pound ass. I mean, shit, one little false slip move and you're right down into the water. Even if it ain't that deep, you last got waders on, you're I'm, gonna be fucked. Last week when I met Craig, uh-huh. we went down for Pike and crossing right there at the parking lot. Uh-huh. I walked the whole way down to like where the actual like ripple started yeah. to try to get to the shallow. Whew, it was sketchy. Real sketchy. It was hard to get across it. Did you guys see any fish that day? No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. We pounded it for but it was I'm talking it's got some water in it. Yeah. So I don't I can say not a thing. Huh. That's weird. That's changed a lot too. Has whole it? Up, whole upper section is completely different because of the way the other creek comes in. Uh huh. It's got like a whole different sediment now, like where it pushed, so the pool's not like nearly as big and wide and deep. Okay. More like more channel, more, more kidney shaped, like a channel. More now. channelized. Yeah, and then it goes back up shallow because that's all rocks on the other side. Yeah. So it's I don't know. Last few times I've been here, I haven't seen anything up there. I've only been seeing fish down on the lower end, but there was so much water there. Just trying to fish just, was. Just trade difficulty. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It was fun to meet him. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've met him a couple times at the fly shop. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys say? You want to go take a break and uh, yeah. give Mr. Pogo a call? Sounds like a plan. All righty, boys. We'll be back. And we are back with Pogo. What's happening, brother? Long time no talk. I know, I know. It's been a full week. How you guys doing? We're doing great here tonight, bud. So, for real, for real, two days after we got, after Ash and I got home, it snowed here. 
I know. That's I. I fell for you. It was the worst. No, that was terrible. It, it seems like it's all uphill though. It's been all uphill since then. We that were was looking the end at, of it. Yeah, we're not gonna get any more of that shit. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I looked at back back home in Connecticut. It looks like after like Tuesday or something, it's gonna get start getting the sixty high sixties on a regular basis. So. Do you, st- like you guys are in the clear. Do you still check the weather for your old home quite a bit? Yeah, just to make, just to make myself feel really good about my decision. <laughs> <laughs> so Chet keeps talking about this story. Let's hear about the story from today. Oh, God. La- yeah, yesterday evening, last night. Um, I'll try not to get too back backstory on everybody, but because, um, like, Chad knows, obviously, the beginning of his journey was we literally, Kate and I got our uh, skiff. Uh, a day before Chad and, and Ashley arrived. So, you know, it was like kind of having a, a new baby, I guess. I, we don't have kids, but I, I imagine that's kind of how it feels. Um, you know, we, <laughs> that's exactly how it we've feels. Been down, yep. we've, <laughs> we've been down here six weeks as of uh, today, yesterday or today. You know, in the first four weeks was getting settled. And, and you know, we did hire – I hired a guy for one day. And then, you know, didn't really fish for the first four or five weeks with just setting up a house and getting things in order, waiting for this boat. You know, we put a lot of thought into which boat we wanted and why and the type of boat. And we found this, it's an Explorer um, from Explorer Boatworks out of South Carolina. It's an 18-foot, 9-inch skiff with all the bells and whistles. Chad was on it. I'm sure he told you guys a little bit about it. but I, Just so a little bit. That, I, didn't, I didn't go into that. I, just a little bit. I didn't go into too much detail. <clears> I, <throat> he hasn't told me shit. I'm going to hear about this. Yeah, so, you know, and, and, you know, just being down here in Florida, you know, and then finally getting the boat last week, and then Kate, Chad, and Ashley and I went out, you know, basically every day he was here, and we did mostly canal fishing, and then we did, because the winds were just a small craft boat advisory every every day, except the Sunday before he left, and we got out to the ocean, you know, on some flats, we saw some tarpon, Chad cast out a couple tarpon, but, you know, just kind of being a newbie down here, um, it's just a whole nother world and it's so humbling from just going freshwater rivers and lakes. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, going from like Connecticut to Wisconsin, like that whole experience in my career was like, just, you know, it was big. It was big for me. It was, it was a new journey. It's new water. But then coming down here, man, it's like Pandora's box. It's, you know, I was telling a good friend of mine last night, like it's I, my number one priority right now is safety, safety, safety. It's like, you know, you, you're, you're out there with 25, 35 foot boats. You're trying to get to these flats, you know, just, you know, then you go, you go eight feet of water to two feet of water. And it's just, you know, just safety and trying to figure out the lay of the land without biting off more than I can chew. But so fast forwarding to yesterday's story. So Chad, myself, Nate, Ashley, we went out a bunch of nights in the canals in the ocean, trying to, trying to stick a tarp in. Um, and, you know, just a le- learning curve is huge. So yesterday, um, Kate and I and a friend is here from Minnesota, and we went out in the canal. Chad, the same canal that we system that we went those nights, and you know, Chad and I, we saw a ton of a good amount of tarpon, and you know, there's like micro tarpon, juvenile, and then obviously adults, and these are really juvenile tarpon, which I guess anything over like a couple feet is considered a juvenile, not a micro. So you know, we're seeing them, and just Chad, just from last. Friday or Saturday, or last su- Sunday when you were here to this Sunday, the amount of tarpon that are in the canals has tripled. Oh. Um, all, <laughs> yeah. So just, just doing dock light, the dock light fishing with those 
you know, aqua green lights at the bottom of people's docks and the canals are on the side of the docks. And it's just, it's just like this green that I'm now dreaming of every night. <laughs> and, you know, the, the fish hang around there because all the little pinfish and bait fish around there. So you're sight fishing for snook and tarpon, um, you know, and we, we didn't have much luck. You know, I, I, I jumped one, smaller one, probably like in the 20, high 20 inch range. Chad hooked one, um, you know, so, we, you know, it just, we just, we didn't really seal the deal and just the learning curve, right? So yesterday afternoon, we went to the local sh- uh, fishing shop here. We met a guy who is, has a TV show on ESPN. His name's um, James Marco, M-A-R-K-O. His, his business is Goliath Fishing and his show, I think, you know, the second season on ESPN and airs tomorrow. Um, anyways, he's a legend, third generation guy from Cape Coral, uh, kid. He's in his, I think he's in his early thirties, late twenties. To me, that's a young kid, but, um, and he has just a really wild, successful business and tar- giant tarpon in, in Boca Grande Pass here in Southwest Florida, like his, his forte, he's known worldwide for like one of the best big, 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 big tarpon guys. So he was at that shop, Chad, that you and yeah. I and Ashley Kate went into, and he was just, I mean, this guy had no reason to talk to me, like, you know, who, who he is. And he looked at Kate and I in the eye and saw our enthusiasm and said, let me share some information with these kids. So he talked to us, gave us some ideas. We asked him about canal fishing. You know, he gave us some tips, which I'll tell you off the air, Chad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, how to, on how to attack, well, I don't really care. I'm just kidding. But yeah, but some tips on how to tackle these, these tarpon that are circling these lights and that are in the lights, what they're doing, why they're there, what they're eating, da 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 So, you know, and Kate, we've been in the boat for a week. Kate hasn't really fished much. You know, we had, we had Chad and Ashley, so she was kind of like helping out. And then we had a friend in town. So I'm going to fast forward to last, last night's story. So James, Marco gave us a bunch of tips. We were all excited, obviously. And we get out there and we're put the boat in and we're, didn't even put the big motor on, just troll motor down this first stretch of canal that we know where these really good light systems are, like set up like one after another. Done by Michelle's and house, sure enough, right? What's that? By Michelle's house? Yeah, actually <laughs> up closer. Like, dude, like you, like probably 150 yards from the boat launch. Okay. Um, right on that first strip um, on the right there. And, you know, so so now Kate's fishing in the back. So uh, our friend, our friend's like, Kate, no, you fish, you fish, you know. So Kate's like, all right. So Kate's in the back of the boat. I'm in the front of the boat with the trolling motor. There's a set of lights on her side of the boat, like probably 20 yards out. There's a set of light, lights in front of me that are probably about 15 yards out. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to start to fish them. And now, literally, Kate really and I have been talking about this for years. And since we moved here, like, we just want to touch a tarpon. I don't care if it's, you know, 25 inches or 100 inches. We just want to touch one. We knew it's been it's been a build up in our conversation about fishing and we're just so jacked up. We live here, da da da. So wouldn't you know, fucking Pogo Kate cast to hers, she hooks into like an eight pound snook that's flying out of the water. So she hasn't caught a snook yet. So I'm ready, like jacked up to go help her. I'm in mid cast, I hook into a tarpon. <laughs> so she's in the she's in the back of the boat. With a with a, like I said, about seven eight pound snook that's going bananas. I'm in the front of the boat with a, a forty inch tarpon that's doing acrobatic cartwheels out of the water for the first minute, and I can't I'm like I can't believe this is happening. Like because Kate wanted to get video of it and we you know share the moment, but I'm 
running the boat with the trolling motor to make sure this fish doesn't go into the docks and Kate's okay. I'm trying to get the boat situated for her so she can land her fish, and I'm trying to fight my first tarpon ever that was probably 20, 25 pounds going ballistic, and it was just chaos. So Kate finally gets the snook in the boat. It was a beautiful first uh, snook, beautiful fish. Get that in the boat. She's having trouble getting the hook out. I can't help her because I'm running the trolling motor trying to hold on to this this tarpon on the fly for dear life and not let it get into docks or underneath the boat and around the trolling motor. So it was like a probably, so Kate gets her, her situation straightened out. Then she starts rolling film on me fighting this fish. fish. So I had a Tom, Tommy Shank 10 weight, one piece, the Chippewa river rod. And I had, you know, typical saltwater fly line or tropical fly line. And I decided to chat. I decided to go with my leaders down to 20 pounds for the, for the last foot and a half. Okay. Right? So- I'm like, I'm, just, just to see if we get more eats that way. Uh-huh. And, and, it, and it freaking worked. <laughs> I, you know, it was probably like my fifth cast of the night, and I was sight fishing at these tarpon around these lights. And um, so now I'm – this is my first tarpon. So I'm obviously being very cautious with fighting this fish and not – you know, I'm like, I got 20-pound test on this thing. And, you know, a, 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 a fly that is literally half, like the size of your pinky length at best. It's like these little pinfish flies, like tiny, tiny flies. And I'm trying to fight this thing. It was just, it was nuts. And it probably took me 15 to 20 minutes to land this thing and tire it out enough to get my arm, my hand on that fucking jaw of them, which is just an amazing feeling. It's like all bone and it's just dense and hard. And their eyeballs are the size of golf balls. And he just stared at me I'm like, I can't believe I'm touching this thing right now and getting this thing in the boat. Under 40 inches, you could pick it up and you take it out of the water. So I knew it was just shy of 40 inches. And, um, you know, we obviously took photos of it. It was just, it was, it was crazy. It was the craziest first, in my opinion. And I have so much to learn. I'm just, it's so humbling being down here in such vast water. It's so much to learn. And this is just one little canal system. I mean, they say Florida is, you know, the fishing capital of the world. And, it's just crazy. It's so much to learn, but it was so humbling. It was just, it was awesome. And, you know, we got a bunch of photos and I was done for the night. I'm like, we were there for a half hour. I'm like, I'm done. I, I'm not fishing. <laughs> I, I don't want to catch another one of these right now. I just want to take this all in and enjoy it. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty epic. You just want to kick back and drink uh, 7-Eleven coffees, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, right, right. Well, you could definitely hear the amount of uh, being stoked in your voice, buddy. That's for sure. Oh, I know, I'm sorry. I know it was. It, I'm still glowing from it. It just it was. It was such a buildup. You know, like like your first muskie or your first whatever you're trying to catch, and and then the fact that I didn't do it with a guide. You know, I did it myself with, with Kate and a friend, and you know, just just the learning curve and just trying to figure it all out. It was it was pretty special. So, uh, were the flies different? Were the ones we were throwing too big? You think? Or? I think so. Right. Right. Yeah, I think so. It, it, I mean, obviously, we both hooked up on those flies. So, but you know, after striking out, you know, a handful of times, it's like okay, like we were doing, Chad. Like if you were here for another three or four days, like we would have, you know, when you come back, like we were almost there. And not to say that it didn't work, because we were hooking up, kind of. But yeah, just like fine tuning down to twenty pounds and that smaller, smaller, a little bit smaller of a fly, and then with the green lights. You don't want to cast in the middle of them. All these fish eat on the on the perimeter of that light. Okay, so the snook eat in the middle of it, but the the tarpon were eating on the outside. 
No, they all eat on the outside, apparently. Okay. So, like, when they're swimming, when they're swimming through, that's them accelerating from outside the light into the uh, to the edge of the light, opening their mouth and taking in a bunch of bait, and then continuing through the light. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, so the ones that the uh, the docks that, or the lights that we saw that didn't have any fish on them probably right. had fish on them, just outside the light. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, there could, yes, right, there, that's the guy explained. There could be, but usually, like, if you wait three or four minutes there at the area, you'll if they're there, you'll see at least a shadow of them. Um, but, yeah, they're just not as maybe as dense as other lights. But, like I said, just from, like, so tarpon season, like, just kicking off here. Because that water temperature is getting warm enough, and, you know, all the, and then we're getting, we're starting to get, finally get rain on a daily basis, which we had the, you know, the dry season here, it's, I was here for five and a half weeks, and it rained maybe a sixteenth of an inch. So, you know, everything's starting to get stirred up and moving around. Um, and like I said, there was probably tripled the amount of carpet at all these lights now that there was a week ago. That's sweet. That's super cool. Yeah. But, so that means you might have to look at the next available flight. Yeah. <laughs> I just got caught up with uh, work and home life. I bet. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I know. My wife was a little bit jelly, so... Yeah. So, well, maybe guys, maybe if I talk her welcome, into man. it. Any of you guys are welcome, that's for sure. It sounds like a fun place to be. Yeah, it's cool. Like the one of like two of the boat boat launches we use, one to get out to the ocean or in the canals, it's like twelve minutes from my house and um, you know, you don't have to motor all that far to get from A to B. So it's you know, it's pretty convenient as far as like having, you know, a, a plethora of species from red to um Permit, uh, permit. Well, there's permit out on the wrecks, but well, tarpon, um, red, and snook, um, and you know, just watching a lot of YouTube videos, talking to local guys, um, just trying to figure it all, put, put a lot of the pieces of the puzzle together, and you know, you know, try to try to get a little bit of a program set up. Also, have you been back to that pond lately? No, we haven't. We haven't. But. Funny story. So I was at the bait shop today. I was hanging out there with Rich and, and that guy Dax. You're gonna start and, smelling um, like a pinfish if you keep hanging out there. I, <laughs> I know, right? But we, so they got you know they, in the back they have all the baits like crabs and shrimp and whatever. But so that they, as you know, they carry freshwater shiners. So you know, for guys that do like you know peacock bass or largemouth bass and the, the freshwater down here. Well, across the street behind the building, you know how we parked behind the building and walked in to get to get stuff. Yeah. So across this across the street from there, there's a canal. Like it's obviously there's all canals around. And I didn't know this. Apparently, where we live, Cape Coral, the largest canal system in the world, even bigger than you know the ones in Italy. Um, so the the, cat, can, the freshwater canal and saltwater canal down there are just like you couldn't explore them in fucking all of it in ten years. Um, but we went across the street, and he had like a five gallon bucket of probably forty dead freshwater shiners. So at the end of the night, they take the shiners, dead shiners, they walk them across the street and dump them in this freshwater canal. And Rich is like, "Come here, I want to show you something." So we walked across the street. We go down like down the bank. We get to the edge of the canal on, on like a concrete wall. He takes the five-gallon bucket with, like, 40 shiners in it and just throws them in. Between eight and ten-pound largemouth, like, one to three-foot gar just came out of nowhere near the lily pads and the, and the, and the banks of the, of the canal and just destroyed about 40 or 50 freshwater shiners in about three minutes. 
And I like I think I told you guys in previous podcasts. I, I mean, I grew up. I wanted to be Bill Dance, like our freshwater bass fishing. That was like my life as a kid. And just to watch like a ten pound largemouth, which has always been on my bucket list, is to land a ten pound largemouth, which I never did, which I will living down here now. I'm gonna try my best at least. <laughs> like just coming out of nowhere, just sweating these shiners. It was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, holy shit. He's like, these aren't even the biggest ones in here. Uh, and this is, again, this is like five minutes down the road. There's a boat launch. I can put my boat in and do some largemouth bass fishing. That's cool. There's a boat launch on that freshwater canal. Yeah, right. Remember the ones we by? Yeah. Yeah, we saw the signs at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah, there's one right, right around the corner from my house. So Nice. Yeah, so how are you guys all? That's, you know, obviously I'm pretty jacked up and just <laughs> starting my journey down here. But how are you all doing? Everybody fishing up there? Yeah, man, we've been doing some fishing a little bit. Mark saw a couple muskie in his last outing. Nice, Mark. I went and put a slaughtering on some stock trout with my family. It's about what we've been doing nice. lately. Nice. What do you guys have for water temperatures? Is it warming up a bit? Mid-50s. Yeah, mid-low 50s. It's getting there. Close. Nice. It's getting close. Nice. Yeah, man. It should get the, should get the, the pike and muskie moving here soon, right? Yeah, it's about there. They're they're starting to get fired up now. Right, right. I gotta believe the pike are gotta be close to done. Well, no, what are we? End, end of April? Oh yeah, yeah. They gotta be kind of done spawning almost, right? They're well done. Yeah, Muskie are starting yeah, to good. get close. Muskie might be in the river systems now because a lot nice. of them had gotten upper upper fifties to close to actually sixty on some of the rivers. Nice. Yep. Nice. You get to put a bunch of guy in this spring, Mark? Just a little bit, and then the weather kind of put a hampering on it pretty bad. These last couple right. weeks have been just atrocious. It's either been monsoons or wind or snow, and then it finally got nice for a little bit there. And then, yeah, things will – for May it will be. May will be busy. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot lined yeah, up. Yeah, May was always my favorite month up there. Yeah, April's always One tough. Of my you favorite. just never know what it's going to be. Some are nice and warm, some are crap, but Mays are always – Right. Mays are always usually – Solid. Yeah, if I think right. I can fish any month of the year, one month it's going to be May. Yeah. I wish right. it were eleven May or ten Mays and two Octobers. Yeah, I'll take a couple <laughs> Octobers too. I like December. Even November. I like December a lot. Right before that ice comes, and fish go bananas. Right. So. Cool. So man, you got uh, you got anything else uh, lined up? Anything? Uh, any adventures you're gonna be doing? Yeah, uh, you see here. This week we're gonna try on our like days that we have open. We're gonna try to get out on those flats here, you know, on the ocean that we went on to Chad and try to, you know, catch some tarp and moving through there. And like I said, it's starting to get a little bit heated up here with the the, the numbers of fish. Um, and then we did the guy that I was I was telling you about. We just got so caught up in the conversation with that guy, Mar, um, James Marco, the the, the uh, Goliath fishing guy, the captain that's got the show on ESPN. Kate and I went and booked a day with him at the end of March. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, Kate, wait, I mean, I mean, it, it's 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 not cheap. I mean, these guys down here, these these guys that you know are really really talented and have a very successful business and track record. They're uh, they're pretty steep for for seven six seven hours, but you know it's going to be worth it just to get out with a pro and and, and you know get out in some bigger water. Um, 
and, and literally try to hook a 200 pound, you know, 150 to 200 pound tarpon on a fly rod. He's, he doesn't, he doesn't specialize in fly fishing, but he, he, he does do it himself. And he takes, he takes, he's got a handful of clients every year that just want to fly fish for him. So we'll probably do a little combination of both, but um, I told him I, I'd like to, I'd like to just try to see what one of these things feel like. If, if you can put me on one that large. Um, so that we're going to do that at the end of May. Um, and then other than that, man, just, you know, just taking it one step at a time and trying to get out there as much as we can during the week to, to just have some fun and learn some shit. Sweet, man. Hey, the, uh, the flies that you're throwing at them in the canals, are they going to yeah. transfer over to, to the flats fishing as well? You think? Yeah. So that's a great question. And, and I talked to a couple of guys about that and y- yes, for sure. But also there's just because of what's going what's going on out there in the what's available for these fish in the canal versus the ocean you know there's a lot of parallels but it's it's i would say it's probably only like you know 20 or 30 from what i understand at least again i am just learning all this shit but um i would say it's like 20 30 percent of the time you might go that small chad but for the most of the time you know you're throwing more of those like bunny strip size flies okay like yeah like the size fly that that i threw and hooked that fish with (laughs) Right, exactly. Yep, exactly. And not much bigger than that. And again, I'm gonna we're gonna figure all this out and find out. But yeah, not much bigger than that. And that's what's amazing. It's like just you know you've got these like what we saw in the canal or even out out in the bigger water. Um, you know, there's just you know schools of these tiny bait fish. And apparently these tarpon are like whales. They just open their mouths and just swim into them. Um, <laughs> you know, and take down a lot take down a bunch of them at once so for i mean you all caught have you ever guys caught a pike or muskie you pick it up put it in the boat and it shits all over you yeah yeah right yeah. so and that means that they're eating well well last night that tarpon shit all over me like i had it looked like some a kid it looked like a diet i looked like a big diarrhea diaper like it was just like all over my stomach and my lap but to the point where after we caught that fish and celebrated and taught, told stories i took it off soaked it in the in the in the ocean and water and then put like rinse it out and put it on the deck i literally was like had no shirt on the rest of the night because i was just like full of fucking shit so it just goes to show just how much they're feeding in these in these kind of situations it's crazy you obviously uh, what's that i was gonna say you obviously didn't go down the no cm canal with no shirt on (laughs) no no and thank God it's dark. No one could, you know, make fun of me from a distance. Oh my God, my legs quit itching yesterday from all those noceums. Oh, that yeah, that was that's right. Yeah, really, just yesterday. Yeah. Well, did you, remember, short, did you have shorts on that night? I was you the only have, right? I was the only one in the boat with shorts on. Yeah, that's what you get for being right. a fat guy and not wearing pants. <laughs> Why didn't have sh- just gutchies on? That's how I fished the whole time. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, did I wear shorts last night. I think I did wear shorts last night. It was kind of warmer. I mean, it's always warm down here, but yeah, it was like it was like a it was like a humid kind of humid warm. But yeah, yeah, going up that far with all those bugs that that really did that was weird. Yeah, that that really sucked. That, that was like the only down downfall of the whole trip <laughs> were right. those bugs. And those little fuckers, you can't even see them. And next thing you know, you got like bumps all over your legs. You're like, fuck. Oh, I look like a leper. <laughs> uh, dude, those those tarpon that those tarpon that you and I saw together that we hooked like just a side note here. I don't know what you think of it, but 
from what that guy uh, James said, like he's like, yeah, those are good fish. Like the fish that we were fishing for, the one I got last night. He's like, those are really good fish for those canals. Like those are like the bigger size in those canals. He's like there, you 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 might even get a forty pounder in those canals. He says, but that that's like a good good fish for those canals. So you know, we we were we were in the zone, dude, for not knowing our ass from our elbow. Like we were in the zone. <laughs> we, we we had a chance. We did it. <laughs> we we can hang our hat on that. Right. And next time you come back down here, we'll we'll make sure that we don't stop until you fucking touch one. Absolutely, man. We'll be out to four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We we got home two nights ago at four. Holy shit! <laughs> that's, that's the other thing. So, like, I am not a night owl fisher person. I've never been that way my whole life. I always like early mornings, and you know, obviously all the stuff that we all do, you guys do, and I do, like the freshwater stuff in, in northern part of the United States. Like, doesn't require that. There's no availability unless you know you're on the Long Island Sound, like my buddy Pete Romano is, and and like you know, going out there for the night bite for striped bass or what have you. Like, but I'm turning into a fucking night owl, and I kind of like it. It's like <laughs> sleeping, sleeping until ten, you know, getting the day done by six, and then getting the boat ready. And you know, you're out there by seven, and you're pulling in the garage at four in the morning. I kind of like it. You, you like the the world, like after dark. Yeah, yeah, right. It's quieter. There's no boat traffic. You know, you got a couple barking dogs in people's back lawns. That's about it. <laughs> Have you shined any lights in any, Dude, any to- more bedrooms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, it was a night with you, Chad. That guy came out and yelled at us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we were on the water maybe like, forty-five yeah, and minutes. We're like at the spotlight in the guy's bedroom, like looking for where the fuck our fly is on the dock. Like it's stuck somewhere. Oh. Guy comes out, and goes, "You're shining that bedroom in my light, in my in light of my bedroom." <laughs> Whoops! Just wanted to see what you and your wife yeah, were well, doing there, I, guy. I said, "Tell your wife to put some clothes on." <laughs> we, we knew which light not to go back to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get a, yeah. get a slingshot for the dogs. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, fuck. Well, hey, anyway. hey, Steve, we do have to get going. We have another guest uh, that we yeah. were supposed to call a minute ago. <laughs> so, yeah, we still right, need cool. to take a gentleman's break. So. Right on time. All right, have a great rest of the show. I can't wait to listen tonight, and I'll talk to you guys very soon. And any one of you guys start looking at flights, just fly to Fort Myers or Punta Gorda, and I'll P- pick you up. Punta Gorda is super easy, guys. Sounds good. Yeah, super easy. All right, guys, have a great rest of the uh, night and the week. In the week. All right, later, bro. See you, man. All right, peace and love. Bye. See you. All righty, guys. Well, do we want to uh, take a quick break and then give Jr. Tracy a call? Sounds good. I think so. Like it. All righty. Well, uh, we that one with Cal. Cal, yeah, that was, Cal. Cal was yeah, that was two weeks well, ago. What was that date? Um, uh, my notes. Oh yeah, it would have been. It's a little over two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, right? I'm trying to just yeah, remember. I'm Thursday. trying to like remember in correlation <laughs> of when we did that and like when's what we talked about then. That um, was the twan or the nineteenth. Yes, yes, April nineteenth. Gotcha. Okay. Oh wait, 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 wait. No, wrong calendar. It was April twenty-first. I talked to a murdering first day trout fish. So, uh, I screwed up scheduling, guys. Um, 
in, in JR. Yeah, that was the 14th because you aired it on Easter Sunday. Yeah, you're right. So I screwed up scheduling. Uh, I double booked Pogo and JR Tracy, and JR had something going on at the, uh, the time that I booked him. So that's my fault, guys. Uh, this is the first time that this has happened to us, I think. Mm, it happens. No so, worries. Um, much, uh, much apologies to JR. Uh, we'll, we'll get him back on the horn one of these days. Um, I played a song coming out of Pogo's uh, segment just for J.R. Tracy. <laughs> DMX, where the hood at? Because <laughs> we had talked about uh, talking about spot burning. So I figured where the hood at was fairly uh, relevant to the, to the topic at hand. Yeah, we'll rearrange things again and make it happen. Yeah, man. So, like I said, that's that's my fault. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, let's let's do some general sure. bullshitting and tomfoolery. We, we didn't cool, do, man. I wish you were a little <laughs> drunker because I'm getting half fucking crocked over here. We, we didn't chat on the uh, trout day, did we? The day uh, I got a trout. We have not spoken about that. That'd be, that's a good one. You and me spoke about it when that's you, right. That's what I was trying to like yeah. correlate with like time frame when the last podcast was. But yeah, it is. Um, this lady, is, you know, bought cars off me when I worked at the dealership and kept in touch after. She knew my wife from, like, where she worked, too. So she's like, listen, my son fishes. He's never fly fished. He wants to go fly fish. So he comes up for Easter for his birthday. I'm going to get a half day with you. It's like, all right, well, I'm thinking about this. I was like, there's no shot of teaching this guy, like, how to start off musky fishing. And right now, the trout fishing is... It, it's, it's lights it's, out. It's money. So I was like, all right, perfect. So... The day before, I go musky fishing in the morning and the afternoon. I had, like, intentions on taking them somewhere. So I stopped fished this other spot, and it was just – it was ridiculous. Three hours there, hooked up, like, 40 fish. So I was like, all right, well, change of plans. I'm taking him here. So we got there, and I was like, all right, here's the deal. Since you're gear fisherman, you know, you, you know you're, you're not, bass you're not fisherman. with them, are you? I was like, since you're bass fishing, you <laughs> understand kind of how, like, swim baits – you know, you're trying to get, you know, aggression strikes. So that's what we're going to kind of go for today. If we have to put a bobber on and go that route, I did stop and pick up a couple, but I'm really hoping that we don't have to. So let's not try that. So we get going and I'm like, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to swing clousers. So I take him right to this one spot. First spot, he's like trying to get the cast down, trying to get the cast down and like couldn't get it. But like every time it'd be like coming across and you'd see that line like, like, you just oh, have this them, is ridiculous. Are you just having like roll cast down like a forty-five no, like, kind of thing? Pick up, do like two cast. Mm-hmm. So like get it like swinging down below, strip it up a little bit, and then kind of get it up so you can reposition, and then on the second cast to get your line fire and shoot it. And he's doing good, and then the rain starts picking up. So he puts his hood on, and I was like, thank God, because I hear whack, <laughs> whack, and he, like sent a couple of them in a little bit too tight on the loops. Um, and it's just, you you can hear him pop, and I was like, oh, thank thank God for the hood right now in the rain. But then he started getting it, and as soon as he got it, like, swing after swing, it was like fish, fish, fish. And then the one time we're sitting there picking one out of the net, I threw the fly back in the water, and next thing you know, the rod about jerks out of his hand, fish came up, ate that one while he's reaching into the net to get the other one. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I was like, I don't know, whatever you want. He's like, threw one back, reached in, I've netted it. It was hilarious. <laughs> But the neat part with that is, like, when you're in a little stream like that and you have the polarized lenses on, like, I can see them fish, like, turning and darting. And he didn't. And I'm like, sir, set, set. And he's like, finally, after a while, I was like, here. And I put them on. He's like, oh, that's why you're saying all that. 
But no, you got absolutely. It was, fun. it was like it was nice. He got his feet wet. He got a good intro in it. I talked to her afterwards. She's like, oh, he's all in now. He wants to get going and get. So he wants to buy out. all the fly rods and. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so oh, enjoyed it, man. Yeah. Was that a gunshot? That's a. I don't know, man. But uh, hey, I just got work from Jr. Ten minutes. We're good. We're back on. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's uh, end of that story. So. Things all work out. But he had fun. Like you yes, said. he yeah, did very awesome. much. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, cooked Can't up some that. cooked some hot roast beef sandwiches up. Mm. Yeah, survived. It was a rainy day. For yeah, guys. poured. Let yeah. me tell you, not <laughs> fun trying to eat a hot sandwich in the pouring rain as your mm. bun is getting soaked. So how's the uh, how's the life of a trial guide? Yeah, that was that was a, 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 probably a one or two time a year occurrence that'll happen. In a situation like that, I don't mind at all. I'll gladly, if someone asked to do it, I'll gladly do it. But you know, if in that scenario, I don't. You know, it's mm-hmm. I'm lucky to do it in the middle of June when I know that that's kind of out of my wheelhouse. But if you want to go up there like that and you're kind of new and want to like learn the ropes, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's you're not gonna go easy. throw sulfurs for. No, 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 no. No, I mean, if it's high water and you want to go strip streamers for them, yeah, I mean, man, you, you guys can definitely take people to do that as well. Oh, sure. So, I mean, we always have options <laughs> for that. But, yeah, in that scenario, take newbies out and do some stock fishing for sure. Yeah, man. So, I, I went across the street yesterday, or Friday after work looking for carp. I saw four of them right at the outflow. They were sitting there. I was like, oh, this is sweet. So I just stood there. I was watching just trying to tell tell the tail from the head and see how they were positioned. Boom, they were gone. Something spooked them off. But I don't I I wouldn't think something they saw me. In a tree or something? I don't know. I wouldn't think they saw me cuz I was just standing there. I I, I came you, up, you on this side of the tree or the other side? This they were in the the center on the back wall mm-hmm. under that pipe. Yeah, under the that's, pipe. That's not sticking in and the you water. You were on, on I, this that side. I was on you that were on the side. side of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I had where they were, that tree would have been in my background, so I probably was broken up, but I don't know. Just, uh, like I said, I, first time in my life that I didn't just go firing away guns ablaze and just hope, hoping I had a 50-50 shot, you know? I wanted to sit back and see because I wanted a good shot, mm-hmm. and uh, and it didn't work out in my favor. So I guess next time I'm just going to go guns ablazing, throw out their, throw out their <laughs> tails. Fire right at them. <laughs> throw out tails, throw out asses. I don't care, man. I did snag one uh, before I went to Florida. I, I saw one down mud, and so I just threw into it. And then it went, boop, 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 boop. And I, I came up with a scale. I was like, God damn it. Uh, so. I was fishing a lake that was deep and clear, and I can see real well through it. And I can see a ton of carp. And I started messing around with trying to see, like, what I can do on my trolling motor until they would bump. So kind of try to figure out like high speeds, how far, how close you can get, trying to get like an inclination and tell you what, you you don't get to get very far on them. You can get, you can get a little movement. You can play a little bit, but you crank that thing up, the higher it is, they bump almost immediately. They'll bump from as far as you can see them when that thing cranks up on 10. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. But if it's on low, can you, you get... keep it down like real low, you can get in pretty decent. You can get within like 30, 40 feet before the bump. So you can get a good shot at them. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But if you got it up on 10, you're going to be hard-pressed to get within like 70 feet. They yeah. bump every time, and it's quick. Was that a windy day? 
Uh, no, it was fair. Well, I was in areas that were blocked by the wind, so it was fairly calm. So if you you think if you were in the chop, it'd be hard to see the fish as yeah. well. But yeah, I mean, it probably would give you a little more leniency. But yeah, I'm sure that's more noise related. So I don't. Well, know Well, you probably get hull slap then too. Yeah, true. Which yep. would probably spook them. Mm-hmm. So who knows, mm. man? Something to mess with. Kept seeing them, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna play with these things a little bit. One was a big old koi. It was huge. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Remember you caught that koi down at the uh down by my where my pets are? That one day? You hooked it and they oh, got Oh yeah, 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 I did. I they, forgot about that. It got tangled uh-huh. around one of the uh, It went right around. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I uh, lost like four fish in them things that year. <clears throat> I don't think I lost any in there yet. How uh how soon we call him JC? JR, JR? Uh, he's, yeah. he's going to give me a call when he gets back home. Oh, perfect. He said it would be like five minutes. I, uh, yeah, that sounds okay. I just wouldn't know how much time we had. Yeah. Uh, we I was going to say, you know, I, I gave you a little call yesterday about some stuff that we're trying to look forward into in the next month and a half. It yeah. should be some fun. I'm trying to find somewhere fun to go down there, and I don't know what every situation will be. but When is that? I don't know, like July ninth yeah. through the fifteenth. Okay. Or ninth through the But it's in July. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. And I don't think we'll be doing any uh You know what, Tennessee? Yeah, it doesn't sound like any trouting or musky if it's if it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be July. Hot. Yeah. yeah. So uh bass? I think we're gonna go I think we're gonna go fish a tailwater down like there. Bass fishing. Yeah, bass fishing. Yeah. What about uh, striper? I don't know if they would be there. I don't know. I haven't done. I know. I know. Just from the research I did, just on sitting around for what, two. Are you seconds. going there for something specific? A vacation, family vacation. Yeah. Why there in July? Then, because just family to go. It. Yeah, just go stay in a cabin. Go do all the. You can do it. You know cabin in a lot of areas where the fishing could be a lot better in july okay it's sure more not more the family vacation more than family the fishing vacation. yeah but if we can make some fishing happen we're going to okay. so but uh we're not far from the french broad so i think you know that's a good smallmouth fishing there so i knew oh. a french broad once i knew that was going to come up i knew that was going to come up somewhere along the way yeah that was an easy but, joke yeah I don't know. I think we'll, I, dude, we can go smallmouthing down there, sit around, float down the river, and smallmouth fish. Just what we do here, but but same, there, but there <laughs> instead. Hell, I'm I'm down. I mean, at least it'll be fun. At least we'll know we'll be in our wheelhouse. We'll be able to probably catch fish. It all transfers to there. You know, I'm sure I'll be able to swim whatever the fuck I want to swim, and they're gonna hit just the same. Yeah, take our traveling shit show on the road. Yeah, it'd be a fun time. So, I mean, like I said, it. It's it that is a tailwater and right there that we're right at the tailwater at the top end of it and I don't know shit about this but I don't know if it comes out cold warm I'm not sure what it is you know the dam as far as that goes uh, if it's cold release I mean even in summer it probably wouldn't be god awful at least at the top end of it up, yeah. but we'll have to find all that out I'm sure some people down there that that we can get a hold of and find out a little bit of more information so you know but at least there's smallmouth there yeah like man you said smallmouth there's musky there's you know everything's in there so sounds like our kind of waterway mm-hmm. and even they like said trout toward the top of it or i'm sure toward the top of the tailwater that's where they usually stay i don't know have to check it out do a little more information but do a little more research yeah that'd be fun if we can get like a couple days out on the water at least 
But we should, we're gonna take your boat down there. I gotta finish welding it, and then we better get on that. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what Jr. Because they're probably about ready to finish their season up. So yeah, when we left in May, it was like 78. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was ripping hot. Yeah, I tell you, that, that's water is amazing, and I absolutely like love. I, I, I we tried going back again when it blew out back in January. God, that would drive me nuts trying to fish there though. When it gets like super clear and you see all them fish and you just can't do nothing. Yeah, they, they don't want to bite. No, and you can go like months with fishing like that, and it's like you don't know other options. You know, that's tough. But this is a little east of that, right? This would be east. I don't have any idea. Well, it's Gatling. East what is it? Here. It's and not. It's like the Smoky Mountains, it's like Gatlingburg, Severville, that area. Pigeon Forge. I don't, yeah, I have yeah. no, I think no idea I think it's east of where we were in McMinnville, right? And that no, we because you wouldn't be touching, well, I guess you would have to go, what, yeah, southeast would, or, um, southeast would get you down close to where North Carolina would be with French Broad, I think. Yeah, yeah, and that goes into the, that goes into the Carolinas, right? Yeah. So I don't one know. Of the, one of the few rivers that, uh. Got me. Actually, goes breaks through a uh, what is it a continental divide? That's what I read read the other day. Gatlinville or Gatlinburg is southeast. Southeast. Yeah. Yeah. South, okay. Okay. Yeah, nothing, nothing down there at all. That that'd be new. There's some west branch and of the pigeon. What about little? Uh, stuff. You're up in the mountains, aren't you? Oh yeah. What about little brook trout streams? Yeah, sure. We we yeah. thought about that too. I was too. gonna say that would be money to go do that. Yeah. If anything, that I, would be the best. Yeah, I'd like to float down the river one day or two though. Oh sure, but I'm sure some of that stuff's gorgeous on them little tiny streams up in there. Oh sure, sure. I, I that, I've that talked, be cool. We talked about that too. Yeah, and you can go hike for a couple hours and do that. And yeah. And that. then you only need one vehicle. Yeah. For four guys. So hey, Jr. is good whenever we're ready to go. True. Yeah, we were just trying to bullshit through, right? Yep. Yes, sir, man. All right. Well, we will be right back. And we are back with Jr. Tracy. What's happening, man? Hey, sorry, sorry for the little uh, mix-up on timing, but it didn't uh, oh, didn't affect us too bad. No, no worries on the timing at all. It's a relaxing Sunday evening around here. Thank you all for having me on your show. I am uh, honored that you asked to do it. Oh, it, it's our pleasure, man. And uh, as of right now, you're in a friend slot. You coming in after Seinfeld? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> after the cow show. <laughs> yeah, so I do think that that was really funny, you know, because I was listening to your last one and y'all having uh, Ryan Callahan on. I was like, man, I'm just a uh, fishing nobody here in Tennessee that bitches about people uh, talking and burning spots. And I mean, uh, Cal is one of the biggest names in the outdoor industry right now, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm honored to fo- to follow him on y'all's podcast here. <laughs> and speaking of that, the, that show does a very good job of like telling you what state they're in, what they're chasing, but doesn't give you any any sort of specifics, you know? You are absolutely right. I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I was going to talk about was as far as I'm concerned, these days, meat eater is the modern field and stream. And those guys are, they produce amazing content across all kinds of different platforms. 
and never give any specifics on where they're actually going, yet they teach people all kinds of useful information and still have a huge following. You know, I, I think one of the episodes I think about all the time is uh, they're just up there and all they say is uh, we're here hunting for grizzlies in northern British Columbia. That's it. You yeah. Know? That's... And that's all you need to know. <laughs> But that that gives you a jumping off point if you want to go hunt grizzlies in northern British Columbia. Hop on that Google totally. it. Hop on that Google later, man. Yeah, hop on there. Start looking at ranges and being like, okay, well that range jumps out to me. I'm gonna go explore it myself. You know, so they that that program really does a great job of never fully telling you where they are. Yet at the same time, they do tell you where they are and they give you just enough information to head out there and do it yourself. You know, if, if you'd like to. Yeah, man. Well, Hey, let's, uh, before we jump all into this, let's give a little background, man. We met you. What was it? Five years ago, six years ago at the hardly strictly musky. Absolutely. Four. Yep. Um, there at the campground at rock. Four years State ago. Park. Yeah. <laughs> I will name drop a spot. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking your rules, man. I am breaking my own rules, but that's a pretty widely known tournament there, so that's all good. And, <laughs> and also, I I think it's quite all right to say names of campgrounds and stuff because we're we're not talking about fishing activities, right? Totally, that's where we met. We met yeah. at a campground, and then you know people want to come to Rock Island, come to Rock Island, and then go fishing from there on your own. Just uh, I won't tell you what boat ramp to go to from there. It's <laughs> less uh, locally, you know, like. Uh, you meet somebody at a boat ramp, maybe you will spe- spill some information for them, you know, in person. And it doesn't seem like that tournament's going to be brought back again, is it? No, I don't know the story uh, on the. I don't know the story on what happened after the pandemic. I was really looking forward to them redoing it, having it down in the cave again, and then that didn't happen. And I don't know where that tournament went from there. It's kind of a bummer because that tournament was a really fun time to meet, uh, to have a good time fishing and to meet cool new people from all over. Like, like y'all said, that's how I know you guys, you know? Yeah. yeah and that's, that was the intentions were to go down this year. And we talked about it and you're like, no, they're not having it. So then we made plans to go down. And I think it was like January or February when I talked to you. And then, a oh, bo- yeah. And then you're like, I remember yeah, that. don't come down. It's everything's blowing out. Yeah, I yeah I I gave you the local info. Then it was just like, yeah, don't waste your time. I was yeah. I was so hopeful you were going to be able to come, but then oh, it was just and, uh, our waters here in Tennessee are feast or famine. We have very few dams, and we have lots of dams, but a lot of the really good fishing rivers don't have many dams on them, and they're just uh, if it rains, they blow for a week till they finally calm down and clear on their own. You know. Yep, and that's just after being down there for the tournaments. Like, okay, I know right where I want to go. I want to go to this spot, this spot, and then I got looking around a little bit, and I'm like, okay, well, after we hit them ones, we hit all the spots we already were. Let's go check out a couple other ones and go see what's going on in these ones. But some of the waters we were on, I can't wait to get back on again. Yeah, you guys got to get back down here for sure. What are you uh, about? Absolutely. What's your temps now? You're about probably about ready to shut down, aren't you? Yeah, our yeah, our musky season for sure is is winding down. Um, I always used to use the musky tournament in May as my kind of end cap for it. So, yeah, and that would have been historically about two weeks from now. So, yeah, we're we're right about the end and we're looking at warm water species around here at this point. Pretty much. I went yesterday and targeted uh, smallmouth gar freshwater drum carp all 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 warm water stuff you know <laughs> how, how many of those species did you connect with 
yesterday, uh, all of them except the carp. Yeah, I had some gar on, couldn't get them to the boat. Uh, white bass to the boat, uh, lost some smallies, and uh, got a nice freshwater drum to the boat. So, yeah, Heck it was yeah. a fun day. That's a, that sounds like a great day. Yeah, cooked a nice meal. You know, cooking a nice shore lunch is always always fun too. <laughs> were you floating or were you just walking around? Uh, we were running my buddy Sam's jet boat. We were having a good time running the jet boat on a on a popular river around here uh, that was low water, and and yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Can you? Can we you... we ran it high and dry actually, <laughs> uh, and my friend used his anchor winch to pull us off the sandbar, which was pretty <laughs> badass. I was like, that was cool. That's impressive. <laughs> so, so can you give me GPS coordinates? No, uh-uh. uh, no GPS uh, coordinates. Uh, okay. Not even, not even a watershed on this one. Uh, the watershed would be too uh, much. <laughs> can, can, what fly? What, uh, what flies were you guys using? What size flies? Oh, yesterday, uh, mainly just little tiny streamers of different sorts, throwing a lot of tiny, tiny game changers. And then I've really been on this big summertime gar kick of of recently. So we were throwing the most hideous thing that was literally just a bent bait fishing hook with a strip of rope hanging off the back of it you know you guys familiar with those rope flies like that so you're a rope guy not a hook guy for the gar what for gar yeah 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 i've never managed to actually get a hook in them where i have successfully landed a few using those rope flies and how big it's important to bring scissors for sure i was gonna say how big of a pain in the ass is to get it out of their teeth uh, a huge one, a huge one. <laughs> and is there... Like I usually, if I go, I seriously will grab some of my tying scissors, uh, to, to bring with me just to like finely snip it out of their teeth. But I don't know. They're just, uh, they've, they've had my attention in the last couple of years in the summertime around here. They're just, they're fun. And they're, they're actually not as easy as people say, people say, Oh, just put that rope fly in front of them and they'll eat it. Mm, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm sure sometimes they will, but. You have a preference on rope? Uh, what's, the, what's the preference out there? Is it nylon? Me, are we whatever using whatever crappy, crappy rope there is, like actual rope, rope? We've experimented with a bunch of fly tying materials, uh, you know, like long, fibrous ones, uh, from EP fibers to um, big, big fiber hair and all that kind of stuff, and all of that seems to slip through their teeth where an actual just like old crappy nylon rope that you take a bogkin to and pick it out and just kind of turn it into a big mess that seems to work the best do you just leave it white or do you uh sharpie it up or just leave it as ugly as it can be nice. <laughs> just white with a burnt end on it that's it <laughs> oh you don't put you don't throw eyes on them sheesh nope not even any eyes. I'm telling you, if I had a picture of this thing to show y'all, it, it it seriously is the ugliest fly you you can even imagine. It it is a bait fishing hook that a pair of pliers just bent to hold the rope that it just went through. It's like it's just an absolute abomination of a fly compared to people that like to throw those nice Catskill dry flies for brook trout. <laughs> Jay, you could even tie those. Yeah, but we, we, well, I, you know, I, I fish with a buddy. His name's PJ. I think him throw some pretty atrocious things off the side of my raft, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, hey, as long as it works. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, that's what we found works best for him around here. So, so JR, you had you'd spoken about 
uh, you being the guy that cracks the whip on people online about asking for info. Yeah. And then offline we were talking about how we should come about this situation. So do we want to uh, get into how how people can go about finding spots themselves without uh, just blowing spots up online? Totally. Yeah, I'm game. I'm game to even spill some of my secrets on how to find places that way instead of just uh, being the the Internet Karen that's getting mad at people about talking too much about locales. Let's let's do it. So uh, in in the grand scheme of things, what what is the best way to uh, to go about asking someone for help? Do you think for me, I think using email and private messages is, is far more effective uh, than just publicly asking for help about large watersheds. Just, just due to the number of eyes that are out there on the internet specifically that, you know, there's lots of people out there that don't contribute at all to any of these groups other than just soak up information for themselves. So if you can realize, hey, somebody lives in this part of the country, I think you'd be better off just to email them directly and say, hey, I'm planning a trip to your area. What kind of intel can you help me with? You know, I'm not anti people telling other folks where to fish. What I am anti is people just out there blabbing about it for anyone to read on on massive Facebook groups or chat rooms where there's thousands and thousands of people that are not contributing uh, yet may take away from the experience, you know? So how, how do you go about finding just the right person to, to send that first email to? Is it, I think, do you swipe and left? (laughs) (laughs) I think for the, for me, um, you can tell, If you're, you know, I don't know what different Facebook groups you guys are active on, but I know we're all kind of active on the musky fly fishing one. You can tell who are active participants from different regions. You know, you can pick up who the Wisconsin guys are. You can pick up who the Illinois guys are. You can pick up who the Tennessee and the Virginia guys are just based on people telling about where they are. And then, you know, just immediately uh, and just write those people. Uh, and ask them for information and then also maybe even try to meet up with them. If you're going to go to their area to, to go fishing, say, Hey, I'm coming to your area. You want to get out a day? Let's, let's go. And, and, and you'll make a lot of good friends that way and glean a lot of good information that way too. You know, there's no better way to get local Intel than actually fishing with a local. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that brings me to like another way of, 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 this is just a uh, talking about how to find new places. If, if, and when you go on fishing trips to more exotic places that are not your home waters, talk to every local you can. I've met some great people just by walking up to other anglers that are out there fishing and talking to them and just saying, Hey, how's it going? I'm here from out of town. You know, what do you know about this area? And I, 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 one of my best friends uh, in the fishing world, I met, through walking on the beach in Cape Cod and just went walking one day and and ran into this guy, Rick. And he said, Oh, it sucks this afternoon, but it's good at dawn tomorrow. You want to meet? And I said, absolutely. Where do we need to be? You know? And he and I have been friends ever since, you know? So talking to locals when in in new places is of absolute vital importance to finding good places to fish. I've noticed the offering of a Western-style HJ does not hurt the situation at all either. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, you throw one of those out there like, oh, yeah, well, who, who's going to turn that down, right? Nobody. I mean, jeez. You go walking down the beach. Hey, Western Zoology. Hey, fishing's great tomorrow. Let's go. Sounds yeah. good, bud. Oh, my. That's I was just uh, down in Florida with Pogo last week. We uh we went into bait shops <laughs> yeah, and we we just played dumb you know because <laughs> we yeah. were he, he just moved down there I'm from Pennsylvania you know <laughs> we were just dumb and they the the local bait shop helped us out a ton absolutely and you you know go into any local bait shop spend some money you know spend spend twenty to a hundred bucks on some local baits ask them hey what do I need to throw where would y'all get started around here and most places will will help you out for sure they're not going to tell you their secret squirrel waters but hey they'll at least get you started and then when you get started on your own then you can start branching out from there in a new locale yeah finding Uh, spots that look like the spots that they showed you yeah totally which is then where you're just going right back to your google earth you know that's wide open information that's out there like just get on google earth and start pouring over it and saying you know, if, if this place looks like this from above, let's find other places that look just like that from above, you know, especially like in a saltwater context. Well, and I think there's a lot to be said with what you said about like, you know, start here. Where would you start at? Because you've got to start somewhere. You're not, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, you're not going to get the honey holes because the person asking that question doesn't deserve that. You know, and you don't quite frankly have the right for that spot. A lot of those yeah. spots are earned after years and years and years of doing, making the wrong decisions, trying this, going on Google Maps, talking to people, hearsay, seeing pictures, doing a job, you know. Guess what? A lot of the people out there that bitch about the stuff are the same people that are watching it all like a hawk. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot to be said about keep your enemies closer, and that's the same thing because there's a lot of people out there making them stupid mistakes, and then we see it all too, and they're like, no, 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 no. So as you learn from your mistakes, you build your way up, and you should always start at the place that everybody else starts at. And you see that, and then you go, okay, well, I want to get better, and I want to get to this spot. And you, you, you know, you work your way from like, like you said, that, you know, that starting point where then people tell you. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think the to me, if someone's willing to throw a bone of a boat ramp or a bridge or just an access point, not even to tell you where the honey hole is. That's a honey hole in itself, you know, just to know where should I get started around here uh, is a big thing. Yeah. I think the amount of people you see at a boat launch too, that just start to talk. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm there daily and the amount of people are like, you should go here. You should be trying this. You should be doing that. I mean, I have like an idea, like where I want to be, where I'm working fishing. And then after I'm done and I fish my air, it's like, you know, I'm going to go take a peek at what that guy was talking about. And I'll totally, go for a little yeah. motor ride just my to go friend, see what's there uh, if I haven't seen really it. good buddies and I are, trend, are, are, doing, are planning a trip right now to the Everglades and, and all over South Florida. We want to fish from Naples to Miami and then down into the Keys uh, this fall. And we're going to go all over the place. And, and he's already gone down there twice on a couple of recon missions. And a lot of what we're planning, what we're going to go back and do is based on just the other anglers he talked to that were locals when he was down there, you know, and, the, and to me, that's really putting in the time and the effort to, to go find new places of, of the, you know, the adventure of fishing to me is, is to get out and explore and, and talk to people and figure it out on your own 
as opposed to just going on a Facebook group and saying, Hey, what, what, where should I go? You know, um, I don't know. It seems to have been lost in the last, to me in the last decade or so, it's really faded away where people just don't care. I've always, always noticed that, uh, even, uh, conversation with an older, older guy, older gentleman always can go a long way when you're walking by the river or walking by a Creek. They usually know everything. They've been oh, yeah. around long enough, you know, and uh, talk with an old man, you know, it goes a long way. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've learned so much from them. You're being up in the mountains, just being local places. And if they don't know everything, they'll tell you they know everything. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll try to explain <laughs> yeah. it out, but usually they've been they around. Think, yeah, they'll make you think they know everything due to, due to how wise they sound as they talk. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Or, you know, not just or meeting them on the river. Something I look for in other places that has really helped me, and it's, it's kind of weird, but I look for taxidermy in gas stations. And if I see taxidermy on the wall in a gas station, I am absolutely going to try to start a conversation about it with whoever's behind the counter. That is if they're not like just some little high schooler, you know, but if there's someone that looks like they've been around that area for a while, I'll say, hey, tell me about that fish over there. And you can learn a lot of information from locals just by asking them about taxidermy. We're going to the wrong gas stations. (laughs) <laughs> you may well, be, you think know, about like upper his campus though. yeah but here in the south we still have some cool old school gas stations with uh with uh dusty taxidermy on the walls <laughs> you know another thing too it's like i think when people go out and they ask for information like internet wise and they're looking for that you get a bit of information and then you have a preset you know expectation in your head going in there it's like okay well i have this and it takes that you know, what's around the next corner away? You know, when you go in there and you explore and you're looking and a lot of the places you find, it's because you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And next thing you know, you're three and a half miles from the vehicle. Where if you go in with this, someone that who knows what he knows, what he's talking about, tells you online, go to this spot. You're going in there thinking, I'm going to get this fish and then nothing happens. And then you're frustrated. And then you're back to square one again. You know? Absolutely. The, the the feeling of what's around that next corner is something I cherish in my exploration. You know, you're going to keep, keep looking for find your own honey holes out there. And uh, yeah, like, and you can have mismatched expectations when somebody tells you exactly where to go and then you go there and you don't find that. But it doesn't mean that place is a bad place. It just means you were there at the wrong time of the year, or the wrong technique or something, you know. It just drives me nuts, like to the original point of this podcast of just seeing folks get on these large forums and just basically beg for information about where to go. I feel like we've lost this mystique of the outdoors of part of it as being an outdoorsman is to explore on your own and find your own places. That That's a huge part of it to me. There used to be a place on the internet. It was called the Drake Message Board. Where oh, you, yeah. Where you got shunned if you uh, spot burned at all. Oh, I'm like, glad you brought it up. Like I said, I have notes in front of me right now. I'm looking down. It says the Drake with a big circle around it. Because 
I was an active member of the Drake's forum what for was a your long name? time. Um, and I haven't been on there in years. But boy, y'all know, if you brought up a spot on there, you were likely not to be welcome to come back. Nobody wanted to know. They just wanted to see these pretty pictures yeah. and hear these great stories and these reports of just somewhere in a wilderness area in Montana and just the idea of, hey, this exists somewhere in a wilderness in Montana would then lead someone else to go looking for that, you know, but I'm glad you brought up the Drake because I wanted to bring that up too. <laughs> that that place, uh, it, it drove me, it drove me wild for a long time. Like just trying to replicate some of the shit that those guys were doing. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Drake to me, like, like you're just saying, uh, replicate the stuff that people were doing. This kind of leads into the photograph thing that really drives me crazy is that, you know, you'd see these amazing trip reports on the Drake forum and, and they would show these awesome, awesome pictures of places. They never really showed many like, uh, really notable landmarks, but they would always be beautiful pictures. And now lots of people will put up those pictures of, of the backgrounds all blurred out and, and that it kind of drives me crazy to to have pictures like that like the aesthetic is there if you can set it up and then and then still keep it a secret and have these beautiful photographs oh that doesn't kind of drive me crazy that that oh that that's yeah, like a pet peeve why not like turn it off a different direction? Stand up, point the camera down, do so many different things, point it out in the open water, something. Absolutely. Anything but that. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, those pictures just drive me crazy. Just get on a different angle. All boats have kind of multiple levels to them. Someone sit down, someone stand up, boom. That's There's a... no more background, and you've still got a great picture, you know, but. And, it, and sometimes they don't work. I saw one yesterday of a on on a uh, Facebook group uh, that's actually there's a lot of I don't know if y'all have come across these Facebook groups now. They're like these cross groups of people that are into a band but also into fishing. So there's this no. one that I've been in um, <laughs> like that. Um, but sometimes it's still obvious. This guy picked up a picture of a monster striper yesterday and i said oh i know right where that is even though he had his background all blurred out so and that doesn't matter to me that like that's like in a good picture if someone really knows the area they're gonna really know the area so just put the picture up you yeah, know good, and good if they don't know the area it. well then they don't know the area yeah that's almost as bad as the new craze with the photoshopping the muskies and, and enlarging them I, I don't know if I've seen this. Just like literally, just enlarging the fish and then photoshopping it back in. Oh, you've you've seen plenty of them. There's there's Maybe quite there's quite a few them. of them that go around on a pretty regular basis as soon as musky season starts. Okay. Yeah. There's <laughs> well. There's a handful of them. Believe me, you've definitely seen them. And it's like, why does that fish look awkward? But hey, to each is yeah. their own. Yeah. Well, that's totally lame. I still in my musky pursuit, in all honesty, I still really want to catch like a 18 to 20 inch, like little trout sized one that's beautifully <laughs> marked and take a picture with it just because I, I think that would be cool. Just as cool as catching a really big one. You know, Jay got um, one uh, about three years ago. It was probably 21 inches and just perfect spots everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You awesome. can pick them up with one hand like it's a brown trout. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Yeah, it was cute. It was a cute fish. My wife's like, but I, oh, that one looks cute. 
all muskies are worth it. All of them. Every single one of them. I don't discredit any muskies. Sure, I caught it on a smallmouth fly, you know. Hey, seven weight, so it was fun. Yeah. So what what do you think about this? Firsthand, <laughs> I was at baseball practice the other night talking to the other dads. And one dad just so he had loose lips and was telling me about a spot where ramps are. I was like, all right, well, I was going to go there anyways. And I, I went there yesterday and found them, and we picked a bunch of ramps. Is that um, not not good etiquette? You know, that's a really tough gray area. I feel like um, I feel like that, that's so gray. It was yeah. – I think part of it is, is he an angler himself, you know, or was he just talking general information that he knew um, – he was just talking uh, general information, and it's on public property. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. You know, I think due to the actual face-to-face nature of it is a whole lot better than him just uh, answering a question on the internet as to where should I go fishing, you know, if you were just actually in person talking about it. Um the thing is, with the guys like that, I mean, the people that do that, they do that with everybody, and there's nothing that's ever going to change with that, and you can't. I mean, there's there's no reason to. I mean, then people, you kind of pick up the information yeah. from and go. But yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, and uh, the people online are the ones who can't make a difference, but that mm. one's there. I don't know. Let them go. Yeah, hey, let's go check it out then. Thanks. And like I said, it's I did one-on-one. He's going to tell everybody he knows. I didn't solicit the Yeah, the, may as well the get there before the next person he tells does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, those people are always going to be out there. I, you know, I feel like I run into them at work because I, because people know I like to fish at work, and and then you'll randomly talk to some guy in the locker room who blabs about some place they know of because that's just what they always do, you know. And in the back of your mind, saying, "Oh yeah, I've been fishing there for about twelve years." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of times, if they do some, I'll say my response changes based on how much i actually like to fish those places because <laughs> i'll play real dumb if it's one of my favorite places to go that i already know about you know like <laughs> oh really and i just you know casually try to change the conversation to something else yeah, I, I get it <laughs> I like seen shit there especially if you can tell the person that you're talking to is not a serious angler because then they're just out there spouting information that they've heard you yeah. know where you know a par- part of this is I think what all this comes down to for me and why I try to be so secretive and why I wish other people would find these places is because for most of us that fish um, at the level that the folks do that are on podcasts like this, we get out there and use it as just this mental relaxation of, of a place where you check out and you hit the reset button in your life so that you can go back and live your professional and your family life. And you can do the best job because you did get that mental unwinding on a nice free flowing river somewhere. And then when you go out and you find those rivers are clogged with other people and you're not having a good time, you're not getting the nice mental reset that you were looking for in the outdoors, you know? Well, not only that, but you got to take in consideration that when that person puts it online, there's thousands of people saying it. So you're going out there for one day of mental relaxation where there could be a guide that's trying to go out there during the week and make a living from it. And now all of a sudden, then people are showing up there and there's local people around here that finally took the hint after like three years they put up a picture and then wonder why that one area was clogged with people. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you got booted from his page for it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait a second. 
if I wait and start posting these pictures up two, three weeks up after the season's out and they're done, we get the whole thing to ourselves again. If you were smart like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that it drives a lot of attention. I mean, one-on-one people are one-on-one people, but the mass market out there of social media, that drives more than just the weekend warriors. There's people that, you know, they'll take vacation days and it, it packs up, you know, all the, every day of the week. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's and then you you take it to, you know, all of this that we're talking about right now, I really think came about with the advent of the Internet, because before the Internet, a lot of this information was a lot harder to come by. You had to either read it in a magazine, read it in a book or meet someone in person to learn this information where now there's just so many areas across the internet that you can learn it. And and there's some people out there that take the opposite view about spots and they go and create YouTube channels and start creating money off of essentially burning spots and they're fine with it because that's what they want to do i'm not going to call any of them out personally but there's lots of youtube channels out there that i wish did not exist you know so oh even we live you know near steel hut alley and even to look at you know just what the internet did to steel hut alley in the last 20 years or whatever be 20 years it just, it's outrageous. Well, I mean, the amount of guys, the amount of just the publicity, mostly guys, with, you know, the amount of guide services that have popped up over the last 20 years doing this shit. All, I mean, it's, it's, it's just outrageous. You can't even go without seeing 20 fucking guides anymore. It's created a generation of fishermen and not anglers. There's not people yep. out there working yep. anymore to find fish and learn how to catch fish. There's people out there that want to just go catch fish and be done. It, it, it is nothing but fishermen and not angling. There's some, there's still some good ones out there that want it. That's the people we're hitting, but a lot of them out there just, they just want to go catch fish. And they want to jump to, they want to jump right into the deep end of catching the biggest, baddest thing immediately, which is really where true anglers that are out there, you know, start with a bluegill and, and work up from there into wherever they end up wanting to go, you know, and that's someone that like keeps it as a, as a, a lifelong sport starts with baby steps and, and works up to doing, you know, these secret holes where these huge muskies live and freshwater rivers, you know, um, you don't need to start there. In fact, the adventure to me starts with bluegills when you're a little kid. Absolutely. I'm looking at the bluegill pond where I started right now, out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I, yeah, that's awesome. I, I have fond memories of the bluegill pond where I started, too. I uh, think about it often. I remember going Luckily, out. Luckily, my e- aunt still lives on it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going out in the evenings, and you'd throw the bobber on one out, and then you'd have the other rod with a little twister tail on it, and you'd sit there, and you'd gig frogs. You walk up and oh, down yeah. the bank, and you wait for the bobber to go down, and you run back and get it, and you'd be trying to gig frogs off the edge of the bank. Mm-hmm. Frog legs and bluegills. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how I started fly fishing, too, was we would throw out a bobber with a worm, and then, like you're saying, the other rod you were throwing with a twisty tail, my cousin and I were throwing a, a big old Walmart special fly rod with a popper, just like, let's see if we can catch them this way. And then we started catching them that way, and it was a lot of fun. And next thing you knew, we were – actually more focused on the fly rod than we were on the bobbers with the worms anymore. Yep. So yeah. is, is there a good way that someone could go about Say they want to start a YouTube channel now. What, what would be the best way to go about starting that? 
Oh, or do you have I any opinions know. on that? I truly don't know because you know, I, I, my ex tried to get me to start one, and I kept telling her no. She was crazy. She's like, "You should do this. You should do this." So I really don't know because I think if you wanted to start a YouTube channel, I think if you some of the best ones out there to me actually teach techniques versus uh, just showing experiences and showing really cool places. But those people don't necessarily get all the followers. Like I have a local guy here in Nashville that I love to watch, but he only has a few thousand followers. He has a very small little following, but man, he puts out some great information that he, he doesn't tell you ever where he goes, but he tells you how he does it which is a really, uh, you know, that can be a ton of good information too. But I don't know because I, I don't – I'm too secretive to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, the one thing I want – we haven't talked about that I wanted to bring up with you guys for looking for new places that I tell to everybody, and, I, and, I, and it sounds really old school, but they really are great, are – the Delorme Atlas and Gazetteer maps. Are you guys familiar with those? Sure, yes, yep. absolutely. Uh, to me, anybody that wants to plan a fishing trip, either locally or somewhere that they don't live, should buy the Delorme, should look at where they are interested in going, and just start reading the those tables in the beginning of the books where they show where the fish are and then where they show all the boat ramps are. And then go from there because that will lead to a world of exploration and the information's all right there at your fingertips. Delorme maps are an amazing resource that I don't see many people talk about anymore, yet they're still out there all the time. They are a good one. When, when I'm at work, <clears throat> I do a lot of uh, ordering parts, which means I sit on hold a lot. Uh -huh. So that's my Google Earth time. So while I'm sitting on hold, ordering parts, Google Earth just like, just following rivers, following, and like, oh, it comes close to a road there. I wonder if we can dump a raft in there. I wonder if we can dump my John boat in on this bend, you know? It's just tons and tons of hours doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and getting paid. Uh, <laughs> that is time well spent, right? Yeah. It's definitely helped. Uh, what, Mark and I went and checked out a river that I, I spent all winter looking at. And we found some spots that would be good boat access and some that were not. That looked like they would be good on Google Earth. Yeah. The adventure aspect of it is you get such a, a sense of accomplishment. Either way, once you've gone and you've been peering at all these places from these bird's eye view, and then you put your plan into motion and you go out there and you check them out in person, whether it's a win or a loss, you've still learned something and you had fun exploring while you were out there, which is the essence of being an outdoorsman to me, you know, just what's lost on everybody that's out there just saying, Hey, throw me a bone and tell me where to go fishing. So and I do the same thing at work too. I work as a nurse and spend a lot of time in front of the computer. And <laughs> when I have, when I have downtime, you're damn right. I have Google earth pulled up and I'm looking for, <laughs> looking for places to fish. So <laughs> I do the exact same thing. That's a uh, Jay and I are going to like the Gatlinburg area in July. So lots of Google earth will be dedicated to that now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are y'all going to target over there? Smallmouth or trout or what do you guys want to fish for? We don't really know. <laughs> okay. It's going to be July, so uh, probably not 
trout unless it's somewhere where it's still going to be kind of cool, cool water. Yeah. But yeah. Well, maybe not on y'all's podcast. I can send you guys some, some right directions there. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Because, you know, I do live here in Tennessee and that's a, that's a great place to go fishing for trout, smallmouth, muskies, all kinds of stuff over in that Eastern Tennessee. Awesome. So. That'd be super. Yeah, for sure. So, um, are there points that we haven't, haven't touched on yet? You said you have tons of notes. <laughs> I did have tons of notes. I think we've kind of talked about all of them, you know? I mean, I, I would say as maybe even a final, like, kind of wrap up to this is that this concept of spot burning really doesn't just apply to fishing. I've kind of been looking for it in other places in my life, too, in preparation for coming on y'all's show and talking to you guys about this. And I have noticed in other areas of my life, people do the same thing. Like recently, I've been a member of this kind of online chat room that's a, a group of widespread panic fans, you know, that band for yeah. a long time. Recently, somebody came on there and said, hey, I'm looking for information about dispersed campgrounds on the East Coast. And they pretty much got back. And we're a tight group. We've all been on this group for a long time and help each other out. But they didn't get any answers. Most people said, oh, man, I'd take you to my favorite camping spot, but I'm not going to tell you about it. You know, and that's the exact same sentiment of what we're talking about with fishing spots. You know, I'll tell you what, I'm on a couple uh, morel foraging pages totally they yep. are some tight-lipped mfers man <laughs> yeah 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 i can see it it's the same thing or another one i've been really trying to find some arrowheads on some of the creeks around here so uh -huh. i've joined some uh arrowhead hunting groups same thing they love to help you identify what you found but they're not going to tell you where to go looking for them you're <laughs> lucky if they'll tell you to go look in a certain county and that's it, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah. So it, it's not just the fishing world. To me, the fact that I get mad at people about just essentially spilling the beans on the internet is just because, uh, to me, the the adventure is lost in that. And the adventure is where the fun is uh, as being an outdoorsman. So. so speaking of that, have you found any arrowheads? Uh, no, I have not. I found one years ago um in western north carolina in a, in a cornfield and never found one since and i really really want to i've found some worked pieces around here but nothing nothing that's a really good one but i was looking yesterday i'll keep looking uh we take a break on the side of the creek on a on a gravel bar that's the spot to go looking around while you're sitting there eating your hot dog yeah that's i've been waiting for them to start plowing the fields around here so i can go start walking through plowed up fields Nice, nice. Good luck. I, I hope you find some. I, I truly do. <laughs> Me I'm, too. <laughs> I'm bound and determined to find one. Yeah, it, like I said, it's just like a side thing walking from mushroom spot to mushroom spot. So it's, uh, Totally. It, it's all part of the adventure. Yeah, that's where I started thinking about it was just, like I just said, when I'd pull over for lunch on a gravel bar thinking, I think this is where people look for arrowheads. I should look while I'm here, you know, taking a break from fishing. So, you know. <laughs> You listen to Meteor. Did you ever hear them talking about people finding buffalo skulls in the side of the rivers and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. That would be I have dope. Heard them talk about that. Yeah. The and you know all the uh, this is kind of a different subject, but down that road of with the earth getting warmer, I'm always fascinated with any time that people find 
certain things that have thawed out of some permanently frozen area. It's like what a what a cool snapshot back into time to find things like that. So old those people were old school outdoorsmen, hunters and anglers, just like we are modern when, you know, they find the old canoes and old arrowheads and whatnot. Yeah. Those people knew how to do it because they had to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We do all this for fun and for relaxation. They did it for literal survival. Yeah. Like you said, this is our little piece of a peace of mind saving our, our sanity. Yeah, totally. Not actually having to put food on the table yeah you know? i mean a lot of us as anglers and as and as outdoorsmen and hunters do put some food on the table through our outdoor pursuits of these different sports but we don't we don't absolutely have to you know speak because we, we like to speaking of that how do gar taste and never eat one <laughs> <laughs> don't know never eat one my thing are bluegills and white bass if i'm eating freshwater fish around here <laughs> oh yeah man lay the slaughter to them white bass Oh, yeah. The white bass in the springtime, they're great. Cut that bloodline out, chop them up and fry them. And, yeah, I love some white bass in the springtime. That's a fun run to catch. I've never had them, like, through uh, through moving water. But we, uh, what, two years ago, we fried some up that we caught ice fishing. And they were awesome. Yeah, yeah, nothing nothing wrong with them. Although, in a, in a taste test, when you put a white bass up to a bluegill, the bluegill still reigns supreme, I think. Even though it's a much smaller chunk of meat, there's just something about how good those bluegills are. You just got to fillet more of them. Exactly. It's just a lot more work. <laughs> but they do actually taste better. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's hard to beat a bluegill. Yeah. We love the crappie up here. I love yeah. crappie. Crappie's good, good eating food. I, supposedly, they're great. I don't I don't catch many of them. I don't know. They're, they're kind of a... They're an anomaly to me. I've never figured them out. So mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity out there. Yes, sir, man. So, um, like I said, we'd love having you on. This is great, man. Uh, I'm I'm out of questions on on not spot burning. <laughs> man, I'm I'm out of stuff I wanted to talk about, really. So I I thought Perfect. we we gave some ideas on how to find places on your own, and we talked about. Uh, maybe why not to burn spots. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'd love to come up to Pennsylvania and fish with y'all sometime uh, for sure. Yeah, I want to make it up there yeah. to that uh, Beast of the East tournament. You know, it'd be fun to, to check that one out sometime. Yeah, there come on up. We won't, yeah, tell, we won't tell you where to fish. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a good starting <laughs> point. Tell me a campground to sleep in, and I'll, and I'll go from there. <laughs> we, yeah. Rock Island. We'll, 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 we'll tell you our favorite bridge of crossing. <laughs> I appreciate that. All righty, man. Well, hey, thank you so much, Jr. And uh, let's let's not make it four years till next time we talk. Oh, absolutely. Let's do it again soon. Right. Thank you guys so appreciate much. It. It's Thanks, been man. a blast. Yeah, catch you later, bud. All right. Bye. Like my new smallmouth hat. I see that. Every time I look up, I keep thinking it's a Weber girl hat. <laughs> Someone make a new Sims uh, Sims order. No, 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 no. But the next one's going to have some Sims gunchies on it, man. I'm going to be wearing some Sims underwear. My wife's like, I'm getting, she's getting me the shoes for my birthday. They came out with like regular tenor shoes. Huh. So, give them a shot. Do what you like. Yeah, can't be bad. No. Dude, these flip-flops, exactly. man, I feel like I've had like 100 flat tires, and I'm usually they rip by now. 
haven't ripped yet, so you're gonna be like three seasons out of here. Yeah, it's gonna be wet, but that's all right. Why in the fuck are you wearing socks with flip flops? I'm no better. I got Crocs on. Yeah, but with socks, socks and Crocs. No, 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 barefoot and Crocs. No, but you have the thing between your toes, and you have socks on. You look like you look like a fucking ninja, but paler. Yeah, well, you know, my eyes aren't quite as uh. Yeah. Yes, they are. You're right. Yeah. Yes, they are. Okay. Touche, you fuckers. Yeah. Touche. Mm, yes, they are. Uh. Well, then I I don't know what to say. I'm wearing <laughs> socks with fucking sandals, you yeah. dickhead. All right. We've left Jay speechless. You know what? The noceums wouldn't have ate my fucking feet, would they have? Uh-huh. So, Doctor J is gonna be Master J. Sam- wax on, wax off, motherfuckers. Wax on, whack off. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, that was fun. That was a good show tonight, yeah. man. Yeah, that was a good one. Nice to talk to both them guys again. Been a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time mm-hmm. since I talked. I to chatted them. with Jr. a bit because I said we were supposed to go down there a couple yeah. months ago, but uh, it's, yeah, it's usually when it's always one of them things where it's like, hey, kind of this or that, and seeing if the tournament was going on, but yeah. Not much over the four years, but no, it kind of sucks that you know hardly's done. But you know, I know a lot of locals is. are kind of glad it's done. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think the beast might get a little. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Who? The beast might get a f- few more people. You know, mm-hmm. like people coming up from other places. You know, that, now that that tournament's not there, they're looking to do the competition style of fishing. I mean, just or like just get together, get together style of fishing because it's always more of a get together. You know, it's always more of good fun. Like he says, hanging out at a good campsite. Like we have a good campsite with a bunch of guys now that are coming around from a lot of places, and seems like it, that's. I don't know. I always have fun doing it. I've had fun doing it since you and I did it the first year. Absolutely. You know, and Chad came down from Connecticut that year. You know what I mean? It's yep. always seeing new people, people we don't get to see every year. You know, all the time. You know, get to hang out, shaking hands and kissing babies. I yeah, did you talk know? to him the other day. Eating a lot of food. Yeah, I did get to talk to him. By the way, you did. Yeah, he's good. I, well, speaking of that, I talked to him the other day too. Yeah. Uh, he has a friend that's getting into podcasting and had some questions mm-hmm. that I need to text back. Nice. <laughs> So, like, yeah, that is a good yeah, because we know a lot though. about that. What that's that is a good tournament though. It's no, good it's camaraderie. Fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it already this year. Oh yeah, the the camp just uh, being at camp was so much fun last year. You know? Yeah, people being trash different nights, talking their asses off, not mm-hmm. talking their asses off, hanging out, asking if they told the same stories twice, and that means you had a good time. Absolutely, it does. And the food. Oh, the food. oh man, the food. Oysters. Oh. I didn't eat, haven't eaten oysters for a long, long time. I, they, had, I had oysters in Florida. They dropped a few down, and man, they were good. Yeah. Fried. I, I won't th- eat them raw. Oh. Really? Sit, That's no, the I'm best. A sissy. Raw's the best, man. It's just like a big salt, salty, snotty load going down your throat. It's awesome. Oh, I know you like that. <laughs> I mean, is this thing on? <laughs> I never did. I always liked them fried, but then more and more I kept eating them. The fresher they are, yeah, they're absolutely. yeah, they're just you can't beat them raw. You really can't. The only thing I still don't like is the soup. That like milk soup. Mm-mm. They're no. they're easier I'm to out. pick than crabs. They're shucking <laughs> them is way easier than picking a crab. Yeah, always on shaving, shaving them off gets it off the best. Gets them off the best. What the crabs? Instead of trying to pick them off, you just shave the whole thing and oh, I, I a little bit rub, of soap. I always rub kerosene on them. Oh, that works, too. 
<laughs> different I mean, kind of different kind I mean, of. Uh, is this a again? <laughs> ne- neem oil. I've heard neem oil works really well. <laughs> yeah, you can't drown them no matter how long you're in a bathtub. No, no. <laughs> They're waterproof. <laughs> Tried it on was drowned first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if you ain't right, you're wrong. <laughs> So, hey, we're definitely not right. Tonight's show is brought to you by Predator Flyger. Check them out at PredatorFlyger.com. Hey, Rex Hooks, find me at RexHooks.com. Sims Fishing, SimsFishing.com. Tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com to order flies or book a trip. And go see Michael for your investments down to Earth Wealth Management. Queen City Guy and QueenCityGuy.com. Yeti, built for the wild. You know, when we don't throw out too much, uh, Chippewa River Rods. We love these guys. And uh, Wolf Rod Company. You know, those are our guys. Check them out. I threw both of those rods in Florida. Well, I dream of heaven, but I feel like-